Please join Advanced Fashion Disruption in welcoming Lauren Kranz, current student at WMU. There is no limit or rule or level of uh, question that you cannot ask us. You ask us anything that you fucking want to. Um, you may tell them that I made you cry in class several times. Literally, mm. literally, Lauren, the rule is nothing is sacred. Uh, we're recording now, so I, I'm going to introduce you. Uh, today we have, it's, it's phone a fashion industry friend, uh, Friday. And today I am really pleased to be able to introduce you to somebody who is just entering the fashion and apparel industry. I had the privilege of teaching her in two different classes. Um, she was a brilliant student. Uh, who began um, her tenure in my class, my my knit class, which is where Megan met her. Uh, she began by pissing me off for always trying to be 25 steps ahead. And I eventually had to explain to Lauren that I was not going to penalize her for thinking ahead and being ahead. However, she needed to be aware that she was missing the very lesson I was teaching by being ahead in her head and that she was competing with nobody and that she was going to do damage to herself. Um, I made her cry. I don't know if that was the day I made, I think I made you cry you, a couple you times, did. didn't I, Lauren? You definitely did. <laughs> and there's a... Well, Lauren went home that summer. Uh, the, the advice I gave her is I need you to be in the now. I really need, especially when you're in school and learning things, you need to stay exactly where the teacher is leading you because you may miss the most important moment. You know how that goes, Megan. Um, Lauren went home and over the summer did a lot of thinking um, and came back and told me, I, I, I understand what you were saying now and I am changing the way I'm going to learn. And then she was in my illustration class and my God, if she wasn't one of my top three students, she stayed on lesson. She looked far enough ahead that she could see where we were proceeding to, but she never got ahead of herself. And um, she's a she's a very talented young designer, but everything that she wanted to do was very whimsical and very cartoon-like. And I thought, well, we have Anna Sui for the foolish stuff, and we have, um, you know, we have plenty of designers doing this wackadoodle shit. Um, maybe you should try to do something that's a little more marketable to launch your career. And then you can make a fucking name for yourself. And after seeing a few more of your illustrations, it hit me, Megan. This person who not only listened, but applied the lesson, took it to heart, and then began acting on the lesson, is the perfect person to hire as the junior designer and, and co-creative director of Adora Bell, which is the children's wear line we're going to be launching. So not only is she a former student, she is now a collaborator with me. She is a, a co-owner of the label. So uh, welcome Thank to the you show. For having me. I've Indeed. been listening and I'm so excited to be here with you guys and just to talk, honestly, I'm just honored, <laughs> honored. Well, we are honored. Um, so how long have you um, been in the program or how long have you been out of the design program there? Um, so I have been in the fashion program officially for three years. I went to community college just to get all the gen ed, you know, classes out of the way. But um, it's been three years going on four. I'm going to be a super senior because of how the classes line up at Western Michigan. Um, but no, it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting. 
And, and there have been some struggles. I know there have been some uh, internal struggles in the college and it's cost you some time. Uh, and one of the things we were going to start and hit this hot and heavy uh, last year, but I thought, let her have another semester of school and get her that much closer. And now the goal is to get the, the whole line launched by uh, Black Friday, have everything in place by Black Friday. How was that feeling to it's you, Lauren? surreal and kind of unbelievable in a way. Um I, as the person who was mentioned before, was definitely like a planner, you know, trying to be ahead and see every curve. I was definitely thinking something like this would come along when I was 40, actually, not when I was, you know, 22 at the time when it was offered. Um, So it's just very surreal. And I find a lot of moments trying to ground myself and not get ahead again, because it can get really exciting. You know, especially still being in college yet, I find it very exciting. So I take a lot of deep breath moments and try and just concentrate on this is what needs to get done. And then once that's done, we can think about, like, you know, doing this next part. And, and I will tell you that, that the best advice, and you might have heard me give this advice to students when I was teaching there, um, if they had to climb to the top of the Empire State Building, they only needed to concern themselves with one flight, the flight that they could see. That's all you need to be concerned with. When you get to the landing, you can become concerned with the next flight. Now, you can critically know that there are more flights, but you cannot walk up all those stairs at the same time without collapsing and giving up. It would be too daunting. So that that is... Um, something that I really appreciate that you heard, that you listened to, heard, and internalized and changed. Uh, but we will be doing some more forecasting. So what we're actually doing is ahead of the trend. This is going to be a, um, a children's wear line like no one's ever seen. And and I, I think that there was a time where you thought we were starting from oh, zero. Is that true? I definitely, when you offered it, I was like, all right, now we need to, you know, come up with what is this line going to be about? What do we want, you know, our message to kind of portray? What are our fundamental goals for the consumers? Like, you know, the usual, you have to have the child safety on it, of course. But, you know, it's a little bit more than that, the functionality of the clothes for the kids. Because it's just, it's different than when you're designing for adults, you know. Right, right. It's very different. Now, how did you feel? when I brought you over and laid out the four crates and you realized that the entire first run, uh, the samples, the sales samples and prototypes it were completely done. It was like a really big sigh of relief deep inside, just because it was like from one month to the next, we were, you know, looking over the clothing and everything. So, you know, it was definitely a sigh of relief that, okay, over 80% of this is pretty much done and we just have to carry on the 20% and we're, you know, we're almost there. We're almost there. And, and um, Megan, she's been working. We made some gorgeous little summer dresses um, with the same neckline that we had in our knit dresses. And of course uh, those little necklines were never going to go over a child's mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. So one of the first challenges that I gave Lauren, and I should also mention Lauren's been sewing for a long time. Her grandfather actually owns a sewing machine uh, repair and sales. Yes, he sells yep, machines, doesn't boss. he? Yep. And he does. Yeah. So, so she came, uh, when I met her, she had more stitching skills than 90% of the students that she was teaching, that she was being mm-hmm. taught with, mm-hmm. which was why she always wanted to jump ahead. She wanted to feel more challenged. Um, 
So I gave her these these things and said, look, these necklines need to be dealt with. I don't care if we put in a zipper or a placket or a keyhole. You decide. Um, and I threw them to her. She brought back the first one. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be problematic. Um, all, of, all of this part of the work is excellent. But here are these little details. This is where you have to stop being a student and start looking at this with a critical eye and asking yourself, would you buy this for your grandchild? And if the answer is no, you have to make it um, correct enough and precise enough that you have confidence in spending $150 for a child's mm -hmm. summer dress. Mm -hmm. So she's working on those and um, she's already looking ahead to see who she will want to staff with. And she, without even being guided, Megan, has decided to staff with somebody who's more interested in being the maker than in being the designer. Good instinct. Oh, that's great. So uh, you take it, Megan. I'm going to drink coffee and let you ask the questions uh, that you want to ask. And Lauren, it's a two, three-way. We're having a three -way <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it, it's a three-way interview. So if you this. have questions, please be bold. Be bold <laughs> I enough. haven't been yeah. cleared by my doctor, honestly. <laughs> Look, the, the only eight inches that's going near my mouth these days is this big eight-inch cup. Um, so we're good. But but do feel free to jump in if you have questions. I mean, there may be things about us that you want to know, and we will answer honestly. So I'm going to just sip coffee and let you leave. Yeah, well, I guess my first question really would be for you, uh, Lauren, it is as you've been going through this um, process of a children's line creation, what is the thing that really speaks to you? Like, what is the part of this process that you've really enjoyed? Um, I would say the process I've really enjoyed has been, it's been the same process all the way along. I really enjoy and have enjoyed creating and making my own designs. Um, when, from a very young age, I learned cross stitching first from my aunt and then it turned into quilting and then American Girl doll clothes. And from then on, I just always wanted to sketch. I just love to draw the dresses and everything, but they weren't... They weren't as amazing as what it sounds in the beginning. I will definitely say they were box dresses. They were not nearly to what I could do today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it, you know, kind of Benson was alluding to you starting to create a relationship with somebody who's actually doing the making for you. Have you discovered something in this process where you're like, nope, that's a big fat pass. <laughs> when it comes to um, a certain task of um, being a designer? I would say my biggest nope is because I was a, a special um, a specialist on alterations for a bridal company. Um, my biggest nope mm -hmm. was like some really stretchy knit. It drove me crazy to do the hems because it just felt like a mile long. But I never... I never told myself I would never do it. And if I ever did tell myself this is something I don't want to do, I made it a point to want to master it almost. Like it's a, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never want to be saying no to anything. I want to be able to do it all and at least do it very like well. So mm -hmm. yeah, I call that sponge. And, and I will, <laughs> when it's really boingy. Sponge <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we, we call it, uh, um, um, woodgy than it is woodgy because it's too spongy and too stretchy in all the directions it's very woodgy and we have to stabilize i will tell you lauren 
when I work with uh, others, when I was working with Ms. Bat, who was really in charge of my manufacturing process for Atelier Benson, Miss um, Bat despised having to do rolled hems on stretch lace. Oh, yeah. I love to do rolled hems on stretch lace. It's the easiest thing in the world for me. And I can just go into this little Zen place and do a hundred sleeves. And then I don't know it's time for coffee. Um, so I made her a deal that when we got to things that she didn't like to do, she could hand them to me and I would do them. If I got to things that I didn't want to handle that were frustrating to me or pissing me off or that just were not my favorite thing to do, I would hand them to her. And if we both found something we didn't want to do, we would just have to get the buck through it and get over it. So she loves installing zippers. Great. Oh, no more zippers for Mr. Benson. No more rolled hems. So it's okay. It's okay to find somebody to take the part that you don't like because they may very well like that part. And that's what being on a team is for and, and what it's about. Don't you think so? Megan? Yeah, actually. And, you know, talking to you about beginning this podcast and reaching out to other people is partnering with somebody who has a greater skill set than you do that you have something to learn from. And you never know until you start just sitting down and asking questions like, you know, does your cat sit on top of, you know, your pile of fabric that is your most pre precious pile if you have cat? Uh, I'm a dog person. But like, you know, just all of these intricacies as a designer designing in their own home space or in a um, studio adjacent to their home space, um, you know, has an effect on, you know, what kind of designer they are and, and how they work with other people and, um you know, I, I find all of this interesting or I wouldn't have started it with you. <laughs> because, because you tricked ah, me. Trixie. Into this. No, 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 no. It, it, it's been, it's been great. Um, I, I, I actually told, uh, Miss, Miss Lauren, um, shout out. Um, I told her that, um, she said she loved the podcast and I said, well, it's like me teaching, but I get to say fuck. And when I get to say fuck, I can get much closer to a visceral truth than I could when I was teaching for a university. I had to edit a lot of information that would not have been appropriate in that setting. Um, so, Lauren, I'm going to ask you, oh, God, I, and I don't want to, okay, but I'm going to. You can ask me anything. What was it like? I, I, well, I'm going to ask you anything because I'm, I'm, this, is, this is the first of the hard questions. What was it like having me be your teacher? Oh. And the first semester when I made you cry. It was, often. I mean, to be honest, when I, that wasn't even the first time I met you either. The first time I met you was when it was apparel construction too. And we had to pick out wool and you brought in all sorts of like, yes, high all the wool. wool. Yep. And even then I mean, we didn't have very much I remember. at that point, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot, but um, when I did have you for like the whole semester, it was, it was like I it was definitely a moment where I was like, this is someone I want to impress. This is someone that I want to think highly of me. And, you know, that also added to the I need to do this. But then this other student's doing this. So I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to go outside of the box and design not the shirt, design a peplum shirt that wasn't quite right. But it was it was definitely like a kick in the butt that I needed. Like I find that semester to be so um, growing in my 
you know, character, my personality, and it was something I needed. I needed someone to kick me and say, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Okay. Lauren, do you remember when I told you all that mistakes should be embraced because the mistake you make today is going to be tomorrow's success? I do remember. remember I, was, I was crying at the pattern. So, I, so I'm going to tell you something that is going to perhaps shock you because I know that that peplum was a real problem and the fact that I didn't grade it high because you just did not do the project. The other student was doing the shirt just longer. Adding the peplum changed the entire process. But Lauren, it was you adding the peplum, the knit peplum to the knit shirt and doing it so well that first made me think you might be good for the job of being the co-creator of Adorabelle. So that failure and my class was actually the success that opened the door. That was a key in the door that opened the door for me to look at you differently and to watch your progress. I need to get that shirt like put in a box and hang it up somewhere then. That's gonna be my trophy. That'll be my trophy. <laughs> that 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 should no longer be a moment of shame for you. It never should have been. Um, I just needed you to do the project that I needed you to do because you were going to learn how to hem um, knit without a cover stitch. And that was going to be really important. And we never got to that. Also, you never got to putting a neckline in, I believe. So um, what was it like having me teach you illustration? How was that for you? I mean, I, I don't get to ask you this. It's actually against the rules for me to ask the students for feedback on how I taught them. Um, I, I don't, I understand it, but I don't get it because I think teachers should be concerned and should uh, be able to ask for feedback and, and learn to teach better. So how did I do in the illustration I, class? I would say illustration was like, you know, there was, we, we were very, you know, we very much so saw that you love production and you love the fast pace and everything. And then when it got to like the fashion illustration, it was much more seeing like a calmer, artful, you know, you're kind of looking deeper into some of the details, Benson. It was, it was relaxing in a way, you know, and you told us like, we're all coming from different skill sets, but we're all gonna, you know, we're not going to end up at the same place, but we're going to end up further along than what we were. And given what um, you were told, and I know you said it on the podcast long ago about how certain students just aren't going to make it, um, was really just the downfall of academia in a way, which is why it worked so well for you to be the professor for that class, because no one failed, really. And the ones who did, you know, they were well, we, I, I, I fail two people, but it's because they just did not present midterms or finals or their portfolio for grading. And, I, and it literally took out half of the points I could uh, give them. There was no way for me to bridge that. I, I reached out to them. I gave them extra time and they just simply decided not to pass. And that's okay. That, that's a legitimate decision. I'm certain that life must have been happening for them. I know that one of those students was frustrated with the program, and I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they've left and gone someplace else. Um, so those things. Academia has a lot of problems, and I think the biggest problem with academia, Lauren, is that teachers are too so far removed from what's actually happening in the industry that they become an impediment. Mm -hmm. They're not embracing what is happening in the now in our industry. And they're teaching very often, they're supposed to be giving you tools to use and teaching you how to use them in a living industry. And sometimes they're giving you tools that are no longer used or will never be used uh, 
in an industry job. They're focusing on things that, that make sense for grading you and teaching you skill sets. I also think that the problem with academia is they, they want to hold everyone back and keep them at the same level. And you know, I threw that oh, the yeah. fuck out. Like everyone's going to do as much as they can. And it's, they told me, Megan, this is what they told me when I, when I took over the illustration class, because I showed them some of the things I wanted to do. And the, the teacher who had been teaching it said, Benson, you have to understand you're going to be lucky if you get stick figures with garments that are in the correct proportion enough to even know what they are. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to take them as far as they can go. If some of them can go all the way to 100, they're going to be doing work at 100. And if some of them can only do work at 12, we're going to get them to 12 from zero. And Lauren, how would you say from the first set of illustrations to the last set that you saw your fellow students do, do you think that I had any stick there figures? There were no stick figures. Like, to be, there was no, everyone's, like, when you looked at even the lowest one, I could still tell, like, okay, that's a dress or that's, like, a skirt, you know? And it was, it was amazing. By the end, you got something super detailed and, you know, they're doing gemstones and little, you know, shading for the ruffles. Feathers, prints, uh, everyone, everyone, everyone excelled because I allowed them to. And, um, you know, as, as you're going to be my junior designer and co-conspirator, uh, that means you're in class all the time. And one day I'm going to just hand you the keys and say, well, it's yours. Send me my check. <laughs> and that's that's when you know you graduated, right? Uh, okay, so we're focusing too much on me. Um, do you remember do meeting remember. Megan yeah. uh, in, as a, as a co-presenter? What about um, Megan's teaching style, which I think is brilliant? Did you love? What about it was um, was something that you that you um, could have used more of or less? I of? just felt um, when I was listening to Megan, I just felt like it was so personal you know like it was it wasn't like this is what we're doing you're gonna cut this from here you know stage rights textbook it was this you know it, it felt very much so not off the cuff so much that it was you know it was perfect like it just felt down to earth and that's what got us i think to listen and to really appreciate what she was telling us was like okay this is actually industry professional she's not coming at it's like we you know she knows we don't know a whole lot, but she's not coming at us like we know nothing, which is what was amazing. Yeah, I I, I think that that is actually accurate. I thought that um, Megan used to be an educator as well. So uh, both of us have had experience teaching at university level and, and private classes. Um, and our skill sets are very complementary. I'm going to tell you something, Lauren, about Megan. Megan is one of two people whose proficiency is so fine that I'm intimidated by their stitching. That's how I feel about um, the student that I chose to be like my stitcher. Her stitching makes me want to do better. Cause when I look at it, I'm like, I can replicate that. I just need to look, you know, I need to watch you do it. So no, I 100% know how you feel and what you mean. Yeah, and, and aligning yourself with um, people in the industry that are really comp complementary, I have found have been far more beneficial than aligning yourself with somebody who's going to blow smoke up your ass going, this is spectacular. <laughs> and so as long as you have that grounding um, going into people's conversations, um, you know, I think that it that it's a natural way to progress through 
um, the industry is, is, you know, gathering the people that have the skill sets around you to be able to make the dream together. And, and the honesty, like if I'm doing something that sucks mm -hmm. and nobody tells me that it sucks and I embarrass myself, shame on everybody. Yeah. It's not a you good know? service, so I, right? I, I, not, not a good service. Telling people that their stuff is wonderful when it's not, it's not a good service. Um, that's why well, Megan, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of you. I mean, you guys. So you're spreading classes again in the fall? Oh, gosh. We're having yes, overlap. Yep, I'm so I'm sorry about the fall. Delay. Yep, I have. Um... <laughs> no, you're good. I was just saying that that's why I think the podcast is so brilliant is because it's all honest. It's nothing, you know, we're not like this person. It, they're so great. You know, like it's just humanizing you know it just brings the, everyone down to the same level to where you can relate very easily we wanted to be really honest because there's been so much gaslighting to younger designers um about you know just work really really hard and you're gonna be fine and you'll make it and it'll be gangbusters super super great um and so when we started this podcast we knew that we wanted to have the type of interaction where we were honest about what was happening in our design lives and the challenges. Um, I didn't ever finish going to design school because I had kids that were like trying to smear charcoal across their face as I'm trying to complete my drawing class. So like I have a completely different perspective of what you're talking about. And, and I find it fascinating to listen to your ability to sit and absorb in these classes in ways that I wasn't able to. And so like that has been like the most eye-opening thing for me um, um, in this afternoon's conversation. Um, and so um, I'm just curious about, um, about that because um, you're quite a bit younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah which, is, which is why a lot of this is surreal to me. <laughs> but it's, it's really, you know, for me, the way I look at it is kind of like, in a funny way, Disney's Ratatouille, where they're like, anyone can cook. <laughs> it's kind of, it's almost like that for design, just not really, but almost. It's like, I, you know, the it's, whole well, I can totally resonate with that. I, I love that, you know, and picking up a design book or a draping book. Um, you know, and beginning that whole process really kind of resonates in that same design um, vignette in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's, you know, if someone wants to teach themselves how to play piano, they grab the books and they start, it's just about your dedication deep down, I think, and how mm -hmm. much you really want to learn like how far do you want to go is this serious or is this in the words of Benson just a really expensive hobby so it, so it what do you think way. the next it does it does so what do you think the next five years looks like for you um my next five years I would say it's definitely continuing on with this children's line which will be in stores and we're, you know, 
prediction is that we're going to do very well and we're going to make a smash out of it and we're going to continue expanding Adorabella. Um, and then my next prediction for the next five years for me are possibly attending a technical school in LA to learn more detailed draping, patterning, and even more detailed sewing techniques. Um, that's just what I feel mm -hmm. I'm lacking right now at my own college I go to is that it's not so, it's detail oriented, but it definitely could be more fashion hostile, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, Lauren, the, the, um, knit class that I taught where you guys actually learned to produce a line of knitwear in two hours. Um, the LA technical school that I referred you to is full of that type of class. So fun. You will learn on, you will learn on that curve. You will learn that quickly and you will come out so proficient that you will be uh, amazing. I actually would like to go back. I didn't take the classes there. I've, 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 I've actually taught there, but didn't take classes there. And I've been tempted to go back and go through their whole curriculum because the people that come out are so brilliant. And I, I there's always room for more brilliance. I think I, I will always want to learn um, more and newer. There's a lot of new stuff that I, that I haven't gotten to play with that I would get to play with at a school. So bravo for that being part of your, your course, because we'll probably honestly be producing the line in LA eventually. So that will make sense for you. Yeah. Um, I don't see shipping stuff across the country and paying for the cutaway. It makes sense to be in LA where, uh, we can hire lots of, um, so whereas in LA is in California, which allows in factory piece work. So it is the most economic place for us to actually produce. You have garments. to send her so, that link to that video what do you think? I sent you of the knit manufacturer. I, yeah, I will. Right, right. I will do that. Yeah. Um, or you send it because I don't where because mm -hmm. you have her email now. I don't know uh, where the fuck that is. Did I, you did, send it LinkedIn? I did. I did. I sent it through LinkedIn. Okay. Are we are we on LinkedIn yeah, together we, we yet, are on LinkedIn Lauren? Together, me and you. I still don't understand that whole thing, like because it's all corporate, and I'm like, this is bullshit. Why don't you put a picture of your puppy? Up? I like <laughs> it feels um, corporate not, dirty not, for not, sure. Not true. <laughs> no, not not true. I, I some of some of my favorite people and uh, um, old friends are on LinkedIn, and I do get it. But I'm never going to congratulate you on your work anniversary because I don't know if that's actually something to be happy I about get it. in some cases. Um, you know, like people, Lauren, my friends were all so happy that I was teaching. Oh my God, that's amazing. You really made it. And I'm like, I am making $9,000. I made it. I really four made months. it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to be a guest on Advanced Fashion Disruption, go to our website, advancedfashiondisruption.com, and send us a message. Click on that little contact us area and uh, just pop us a message on over. We'd love to have you on our uh, podcast, on our phone and industry fashion friend, where we talk to people who are in the fashion industry, people who are in the educational system of the fashion industry, and people whose careers are really integrated into the fashion industry. Um, we'd love for you to buy us a cup of coffee. So there's a Patreon button on our website also. And as always, Angel for Fashion takes you directly to Ukrainian designers that need your help more than ever. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, see ya. We'll, uh, put something out tomorrow. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.